everybody, it's Justin and Sarah. And we're back. Back again. Episode 8, we're rolling right into it. Um, we are recording these in the same day, so. Yes, and I'm excited to talk about episode 8. More episode, so than 7. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of great things that happen. This is also as good as 7 was. I thought this was just, there's some Arguably incredible better. things. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> uh, so the opening scene, just right off the bat, for real, was just, it, when they put the Motown record down, and I was like, Yes. And it's uh, Easy by the Commodores, which is amazing. Um, Everybody knows Easy like yes. Sunday morning. Yes. Great song. Yeah. I was. I did actually like applaud. Like when I wrote that, <laughs> I was, that was no bullshit. Um, <laughs> so you get June's voiceover, which I feel is like a thing that has disappeared until now. Like I feel like that. Thank you. I was wondering if I had stopped noticing it or if it had stopped i had heard i want to say i read it somewhere where so i heard it somewhere i forget where somebody was like did you notice that june's kind of inner monologue thing had all of a sudden just kind of gone by the wayside well so i didn't notice it until it reappeared and then right? i was like oh oh this yeah okay um so she's talking about she writes and i read and so they're just in there working like churning out these security orders and talking and behaving like two normal co-workers would um and talking about how they're heretics, right? And yeah. it's new territory for Serena. It's like normal for her because she's not, she's right. not, you know, never was compliant with everything. And so Serena's kind of treading new territory. And there's this great line where she says, oh, but this is new territory for Serena. And then you think, oh. And then she goes, but she seems pretty fucking happy with it. And you're like, hey, all right. <laughs> so yeah, she asks Serena, you know, if she misses working. And at first she gives this stock answer like. This is for the cause. Right. And it's better. And you're like, shush. But then the line of, I do truly detest knitting, though, which is just like, to be frank, yeah, which was great. It was just, a, you know, again, another thing that like, and I know people hate it. I hate it personally because you're supposed to hate Serena because you kind of have to because mm -hmm. the reason we're here is her. Um, for the most part, I mean, mm -hmm. she laid the foundation. Yeah. So, yeah. She got the men kind of made it ran sick. the show, but yeah. she did not make it happen. We'll say it that way. Okay. And has not for sure, definitely not enjoyed her power in this society no right so Who she's could? definitely done her part for us to feel the way we feel about her yeah yeah i know she's and she's definitely evil in the book too i mean it's you're not supposed to like her but they keep throwing these human elements of her I know. which is like it's tough because you do want her to be like the big bad right you want mm -hmm. her to be pure evil and nobody is in this show as we talked about she's not and so june tellers that june tells her oh, you're a really good writer <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard because you don't know how much of this is like legitimately june feels that way or it's like, i took it as genuine yeah i really that, did it did because at that point they seem very comfortable like june's over on the couch like hanging out Hi. writing you know with the pen and uh serena says she won't forget june's help which no one knows what that means yeah i i wanted to be overly optimistic about it again because i have to um and i took it as and i know this is naive and i know this is not what is going to happen but after you have the baby, I'll make sure that you're in a good situation. But what is that, right. really? And what options does she have for a good situation for June? Being a handmaid again? No. Going to the colonies? Of course not. Where else is there? Martha? I mean, how does that happen? An econo wife? No way. Right. I don't know. So there's no good scenario, right? There isn't. Maybe Serena envisions one, but... We aren't alluded to, you know, there's no allusion to what that could possibly be. She's on a power trip, so maybe she thinks she has control, but she doesn't. And, you know, much like everything else in this show, they don't let us feel good about anything for very long. No. So right at the end of the scene is when we find out that stupid Fred's coming home tomorrow, and everybody, including the viewers, is like, oh, Fred. 
And Serena's like, uh. I was going to say, and even Serena's like, well, Serena's been enjoying this. This is great. Like, you could tell from both of their faces that they were just like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, Stupid Fred comes home, scene two. Uh, he's, he returns saying, I thought this was an interesting thing. It, it, when he sees the house and he's like, it's beautiful when you see it every day, you forget, which I thought was a really important line just in general for life. So like, I think the point they're making there is when you see something every day and you're involved with something every day, regardless, even if it's just your house, you tend to take it for granted. And so I think the overarching thing there was don't take things in your life for granted. And I think that's a very important thing. True. I kind of took that as, yeah, I should have taken it that direction. But I took but do it tell as, how you took it. Oh, you mean the house that you just took over as your own a few years ago when your totalitarian regime took it over? Like, that isn't yours, that wasn't ever your... Like, who whose house? Are you complimenting the people who previously owned and built and decorated this house? Or So I got a little... <laughs> a little angry in my head about it because I thought that that's not yours simply taking something over and walking in and putting your stuff there doesn't mean that it's yours yeah it is beautiful in more than one scenario in the show right right so yeah it is beautiful tell the owners of it because they are the ones that designed it and built it well I mean architects design I understand that it's not all people but you know what I mean in a bizarro version of the handmaid's tale there would be during the Gilead takeover a show similar to the one on HGTV where they show you three houses and you pick the one that you really, really love. <laughs> What's it called? I forget what it's called. Um, love it or listen. Yeah, it is. No, it's no, not love no. it or listen. That's the one where they fix it up or they That's right. That's right. Um, I, totally I do f- love love it or listen. I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. My wife watches it all the time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just, you, you saying that struck me. I was like, did they get to pick like, oh, we got these? Like, is there a Gilead like real estate agent that tours them around the neighborhoods and says, oh, this one might be nice for your family, I think. I'm sure. <laughs> we dragged this unsuspecting family out fairly quickly before they were able to destroy things. <laughs> Do you want this one? <laughs> uh, this I just amazing. made me so mad when he said that. I was like, oh. in my head, I was like, you're such a buffoon. Like, oh. But. Not to be outdone, Serena is yes. still playing the role, towing the line, gets everyone else to tow the line as well, literally. Like, yeah. lines everybody up, like, the, like, like it's the, uh, like the sound of the music. Von Traps, yeah, yeah so I was going to say. <laughs> Glad we had the same thought there. Yeah, I did. It's like, everybody, get in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred comes in, and he's got a little bit of limp now, because, you know, he got blown up. Yeah. Um, which I'm super sad about. And, We're also sad. And Fred <laughs> says to... to to June, I'm glad to see you looking so healthy. And at this point, literally anything Fred says is creepy. Is the creepiest thing. Auto ever. creepy. Uh, so he's you know still establishing himself again. Like it, he can't turn it off. Like yeah, that's my impression. I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that he can't control it anymore. He's just like hello, and you're like ah, <laughs> come on. And I feel like the calculated move of giving him the greased back hair style just like really lends to that creep factor. Yeah. Oh, he just, he's gross. Right. Uh, so they take him to the study. Yes. <laughs> where she tells him that all the things that she's gotten ready for him, including the stuff for his Canada trip, which they don't really come back to after she says that. I'm curious. But that that's kind of the thing that we know that there's been some things alluded to in the trailer and things that people have posted online that I won't spoil for anyone, that we know that he makes it up to Canada and there's some certain interactions that may or may not take place. Ooh. Um I'm not spoiling anything. The no, I know. the the Facebooks and the and the Twitters because of and it's mostly because of all the different markets that this is in. Sure. And the people that have access to certain things mm-hmm. have posted some 
shots of things that might take place that yeah okay. it was very interesting uh he probably thanks her and shows her out of the room i know mm, thanks dear which was you knew he was gonna do it but it was so heartbreaking i mean you knew he wasn't gonna be like oh i'm so glad to see you so involved and look at all this great work you did and oh my god thank you we should be partners now you knew that wasn't gonna happen but it was so prompt the and swiftness stinging was, yep. and it was like he had been in the house building structure for like five minutes and then just practically pushes her out of the door like a kid and it was just so sad it was incredibly sad and he even does like the you know waves her over with his oh, hand and no. you're like oh for real <laughs> good lord yeah. um okay it's painful. So, <laughs> uh june goes back to her room and so this is interesting and i actually did a little research on this the situation so the music box is back Serena took it away apparently yeah the swan because if you recall everything was taken out of the room and I had forgotten that that was in the room to begin with but I guess when she removed everything from the room except for the mattress on the floor right that uh, she took that with her so when we come back not only now the room is kind of complete because the room had everything back the music box was not back the music box is now in the bed with a single white rose mm-hmm. so I thought the flower choice was interesting so I actually looked up the significance of the single white rose I see this so this is what it said on the google so if this is wrong somebody tell me um, it's used as a gesture of strong emotion and devotion. The tradition of sending one single white rose is practiced by lovers, people who are, share great esteem and love for one another, and others who want to declare a message of love and hope. The white rose meaning can also mean spiritual love, charm, and humility, which is interesting coming from Serena to yeah. June. So, there you go. Well, yeah. either way, yeah, it was meant to make her feel comfortable right. and happy and, yep. you know what I mean, like... And like some token of appreciation that because like red feels like love, right? And pink kind of is in that, right? So yes. white's kind of like so I thought that was very interesting. And maybe one like of those a white things, flag, like it's yeah, it's this. yeah, and that could be too. It's one of those things like um, I used to read a lot of Roger Ebert when he was alive, a lot of his reviews and just mm-hmm. a lot of reading his stuff about talking about films and how he talked about nothing happens by accident. Oh, no. And so there's like some stuff that people probably just think, oh, they just picked a white flower. And that's very rarely how things go down because when you're constructing a scene like that, especially on this show, you just don't throw shit in there for no reason. So Yeah, white one's fine. Yeah, we'll just Just get whatever's at shop and say. Exactly. And well, we, I did an interview with um, Lady Putnam this week. I don't know if you knew that or not because you and I, with the end of school and everything. (gasps) So Lady Putnam was on and I talked to her and she mentioned kind of something similar where she was in a scene in an area of the house that she was trying to go find the bathroom or something in between takes. And she's like, there was this part of the, I think it's the birthing scene, the, that whole um, situation at the beginning of the second season. Mm-hmm. And she said it was a part of the house, but it wasn't even going to be in the shot. And there was like all the pedophores and all the things were like the colors of the wives' dresses still. Like everything was still perfect no matter where you are anywhere. And wow. so that level of production Detail. is taken. Well, when Anne Crabtree said that they <laughs> hand sewed everything, I was like, "Oh my word!" All right. Well, anyway, then, yeah. So the, you should never question this show. No. Uh, so this is the Eden and Nick in the Nick Cave. So this is where she wants to spruce it up, and she decides to tell Nick that her favorite color is yellow. And so, like any you know, brotastic moment that Nick has, and she asks him later on, like, "What color should I make it?" He's like, "Oh, uh, yellow." Yellow? You like yellow, right? Did you say the word yellow? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, and during this part, he's still being pretty bad, though. Like he he's is. still being so detached and aloof. And again, my husband was like, "Turn it up a notch, Nick. Come on, get yeah. your head in the game, man." He, like he was like, "Come on, dude." 
So we're all kind of like, Nick, you need to play the part now. Nick is definitely not playing along. I think no. he is. I don't know what's going to make him come around, but you can tell Eden is miserable and it's just sad for her. I, I mean, know. as much as it sucks the situation that she's in and has to be in and the whole thing, it's she's just. As much as I care about Eden being miserable, I more care about Eden causing trouble yes. and opening her mouth. Well, and that's the side of her we haven't seen yet. So I think right now they're laying this foundation of, oh, you should feel bad for her. You should Mm-mm. feel bad for her, which we know comes with a price. No. We do. Uh, so June's Rita and Serena in this very short scene about preparing to leave for loaves and fishes. Serena is uh, leaving to go visit Lady Putnam because baby Angela is not well. So this is laying the foundation for the rest of this episode, basically, is right. they don't know what's going on with her. And clearly, it's something big if we need to bring in, you know, someone beyond the, you know, arsenal of people that Lady Putnam seems to have with her all the time. Because she <laughs> can't be alone with her child. Right. Because <laughs> she doesn't know yes, what to do. Exactly. And so now we go, uh, June and Janine are now shopping buddies, which I, I thought was awesome. Yay. It was like perfect. And so June gives her the blessed be the fruit and <laughs> Janine gives her, may the force be with you. And like gives zero fucks. It's hilarious. I know. I was going to say, all right, Janine, I can get, I can get with this. And now I definitely noticed the uptick in the guardian guys walking around with them more so. Oh, I didn't notice now, that. See, I don't know if they... I'd have to go back and watch the first season. I don't necessarily remember them following that close. This yeah, time... Yeah, they always follow, though. This time, they seem to be... like Breathing right, down their necks. Right on them. And I think it's probably just in the aftermath of the bombing everybody's and everybody's a little, little bit on edge. Uh, so they, they, we do have to talk about this because they talk about... Janine talks about the baby's foot popping out because <laughs> she's asking off right how it is to be pregnant. And talks about the baby. It's like when their foot's pop, feet pop out like on your stomach like an alien. <laughs> right. And June is totally not going there with her. And I'm like, June, it's fun. Like, right. just tag in. All right. It's tag fun. In. And June's, June's like, the sequel's better. Like, yeah. kind of brushes her right. off. And I was like, all right, June. Which is now, this is the part where we break for our alien tangent. So, I don't know if you know this about me. No. In this house. We're a big alien house. Well, myself in particular. I'm a okay. big fan of this franchise. There may, may or may not be six to seven xenomorph action figures somewhere upstairs that generally like you when you come in our house you know we have the the wreath on the front and there's the big wreath over the they generally take over the wreath ah. and attack the wreath and there's like an invasion of xenomorphs okay are you not an alien this, i mean i know it's I, not billy madison no i mean few movies really are praised in that way but no i don't i think it's fine i think my pa- i don't have strong feelings about it i think it's great i don't know i don't i get that it's a big deal <laughs> because my parents really, really love it. They're in their 70s, though. Mm-hmm. But I think I was a little too young for Aliens. So, mm-hmm. like, anybody who was old enough to remember when it came out and how big of a deal it was, love right. it. But I was a little too little. But my parents adore it, and they just talk about it all the time. Much, much like Star Wars, you do not get a pass on not like not loving Aliens and recognizing okay. it for the work of genius. I was just... really hoping I could fly under that and I you made it, it is a valiant effort and a solid okay. argument. But. Well, no, I mean, I think it's good. I've seen Alien versus Predator. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not good. Okay. That's one of those movies, like, for the hardcore people, it's like, we don't even talk about that movie <laughs> franchise. But I'm not quite on that level, but I do love it. Anyway, <laughs> so Emily loves and vicious. <laughs> yeah, back to the Handmaid's Tale. And so uh, I, did, I did love that there's announcements now. Like, this is the last week for wheat bread. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting because that was definitely not a thing last year. So I don't know if they're, like, upping their, like, technology in Gilead to, like, make it. And it did seem more like a regular store. Things seemed to be, like, improving. I know. Like, it and was different from last season. Yeah. And so I don't they're know They're growing if, as a society. Right, they are. Yeah. Gross. 
Um, so they talk about Fred being back. Janine says her new post is great. Because the part where she's like, at least I don't have to suck <laughs> At least I don't, No blowjobs. Yes. I was just laughing so hard because, I mean, why not throw it out there? Like, right. everybody knows what went down with you and Warren. Like, or one arm Putnam, I should say. Everybody knows what happened. Just, you know, and so she kind of says it like that in, like, the only the way that Janine can, you know. And then Emily's like that you know she's like so mad and you're like oh no and now your original prediction Man. is looking yep. much more realistic because she wouldn't and then somebody warns her or gives her a look and she's, and she's like, like i don't care guy. yeah it's <laughs> like oh somebody's gonna get another car driven into yes. them so when this happens in like two to three episodes i'm not saying they're gonna kill her in the next two to three because usually they go away from them a little bit yeah for a few episodes so in the next i'd say by one of the last two episodes when she dies don't be surprised because yeah. it's totally the writing on the wall. I feel right? like she's going to go out with a bang, though. Right? She's, she's going to do something crazy and get some sort of vindication before she dies. Uh, she's true. too angry and she's been through too much shit. Uh, Gilead forces you to kill yourself from within. I thought that was kind of a cool line. Yes. Or not cool, but telling. You know, like yes. you, you just it just makes you think of different other scenarios in history and you're like, yep, that's what happened. It's, sure. the, it's the mental game much more than anything else, you know. You think? I mean, well, and, she, and then she killed uh, that other woman oh, in the colonies. Man. Yes. And you're just like, yes. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Sarah, I forgot. I forgot the Punisher side of you. Comes yes. Out. It yes. Was, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I was loving it. And the look on her face was stone cold, too. She was just like, yeah. you're no, dying. She's lost all the fucks. Remember, you're dead. Anyway. So then we have the, so then you have to hear the weird siren, at which point everyone's like, oh, it's the baby ambulance. And you're like, oh, they have a special baby ambulance, which I guess they would. Didn't realize given, this, yeah. Given the focus on the kids. And they all kind of take a knee. And yeah, everybody goes down and prays, and Janine kind of hears through the grapevine that they think it's baby Angela Charlotte. And uh, June's kind of getting trying to get her to settle the hell down because she's flipping out a little bit because she, again Janine's unstable. Yes, she can't keep her act together. Um, which I mean I understand. You know she thinks her baby is sick, but at this point she doesn't know how sick, and she's already starting to freak the fuck out. Yeah, I understand being concerned when your baby's sick for sure. I mean everybody gets freaked out when their babies get sick or when somebody else's baby gets sick or any baby. But you don't lose your shit immediately right. upon hearing that the baby is sick. I Especially mean, in that situation that you're in. Right. But even in any situation. And so then when they're walking back, Jude is trying to really get Janine to cool the hell out. And, like, the, the Guardian guys are, like, <laughs> trying to pull her away. And Jude, to her credit... Is like in yeah. their face, kind of like, I got her. It's cool, which I thought was a little ballsy on her part. And they, like they listened term. to her, too. I thought, okay, right. I guess I guess they're like, internally, they're like, I really don't want to deal with this <laughs> bitch. So if she says she's got it, I'm just going to Plus, she's pregnant here. still. She's still got the Yeah, you know, she's the, got the thing the over everybody, for sure. Yes. And so then when Janine is going away, she asks, because the whole thing is like, Janine wants to go see the baby. And June says, you know, that can't happen. And she's like, you sound just like one of them. Which is interesting given the comfort level that she's started to feel. With Serena yes. and like how cooperative she's been with Serena. And then she said something. I think she was the one who originally, and I could be wrong, shushed um, Emily in Loaves and Fishes. And Emily was like, fuck him. Oh, but yeah. like she may have been the one that was trying to keep a lid on things there too. And so I think a combination of those yeah. things. And then Janine saying that was kind of like, oh, you yeah. know. So right. to me, I thought, oh, no, that's going to spark something in June. 
in a bad way. Like I thought it would get her in trouble mm-hmm. or like put her, take her back a step or something. Um, so I was a little worried when she said that to June because I thought, oh no, now June's going to screw up what she has with Serena. Yeah, because she does going to get this look on her face like, oh shit, she's right. Like, she's right. She's kind of got she is this right. comfort level and just starting to feel like not terrible about things. And like saying the rules like they're a matter of fact thing, like you know that can't happen. She didn't say it like, and it's so fucked up that it can't right. happen. It was just like, you know it can't. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. And even really starting the whole conversation with Jeannie in the beginning with, Blessed be the fruit. Like, even in opening up with the that stock line that they're supposed to use is even an indication of that. Right, and Janine was like, yeah, <laughs> may the force be with you. Like, <laughs> shut up. Um, so, uh, this is the other, so June and Serena talking about baby Angela. And they can't figure out what's wrong with her. And so, my question was, what's the vaccine situation? This does seem like one of those things where it might be like a... I kind of thought about that, too. So, you know how they're very, like, natural and organic and all that sort of stuff? And then I thought... How much are they willing to intervene medically with the baby at all? Yeah. Like not maybe not the level of certain religions that don't do medicine at all, right. which I won't go into detail about. But like then I thought, are they are they on that level of medication where like we don't medicate and they're just going to s- give it to God or right. like I don't know what they call that in mm-hmm. those religions. But like, yeah. So I was worried about that, not just vaccines, but also like right. what do they even allow help at medically? All. Right. And because really, I mean, the only thing you've seen is the women at the doctor to make sure the baby's okay, which there's some level of technology and there is. stuff going on there. So I don't know. And I'd but even when they she gave birth, it was not in a hospital. It was mm. in somebody's living room. You know what I mean? Right. Which is fine. But it's true. It's, it's a little. <laughs> it's not hospitally. No, definitely not. Uh, so Serena's basically indicating that she wants to bend the log in and wants to see uh, if the no, she says if if it was her baby, she would do. June says this to Serena about you know I would do whatever I could do law or no law, and so this leads right into the next scene of Serena talking to Fred to try and get her to get him to um try and get this neonatalist, which she's like we have one of the best in the country, and he's like what's his name, and it's like oh, he's a she, and she's a Martha right now, um, and so Fred not having it that mother. Mm. Right? God. Just added another layer. Oh, like you thought, he, maybe. He doesn't care about babies. He really doesn't. He doesn't care about the baby in June's stomach. He doesn't care about the baby over at, you know, one arm Putnam's. He doesn't care. Because anybody who would say that does not care. He And she and she brought up a valid argument. She's like, you just let me write all of these security orders and all these sort of things that I've been doing for you while you're in the hospital. And he said, but that was through... Like, through my consent. Mm-hmm. But that's not a valid argument. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes just saying something in response to something doesn't make right. it an argument. Because she was still doing that work. She was still reading and writing. Which is a job and is strictly forbidden for women. He plays Scrabble with June. And so if you're going to follow... You know, she he took June to a basically a brothel. <laughs> and like So, like, this man... And she could have thrown all that in his face. She could have been like, remember the handmaid that killed herself in our house because of you? Remember that time you took June to a brothel? Like, you're going to follow only the rules that serve and benefit you. And then when it's a truly dire situation, all of a sudden now we can't question the will of God. I'm clearly upset. I'm I'm saying it like I'm arguing with Fred right now. But it's Damn so, it, Fred. God, he's such a hypocritical. When we get to the point where you yell at me like I am Fred and you call me Fred, we'll, I know. we'll snap it back. So then June and Serena talk about it, and Serena talks about it like, oh, well, 
Fred's word is Fred's word, and we're led to believe that she's going to follow what Fred said. And so they're just going to let the baby potentially die. Yep. Then, and then, Which is a cool thing they did. Yes. So Gene, or June gives, you know, what if this is Janine's last chance? And uh, trying to get her to see the baby. And, oh, my you know, God. Serena doesn't have anything to do with that. And I'll tell you right now, I was against that whole situation. I regret it. <laughs> but when June brought it up, I was like, uh, uh. Like, even having Janine in the building, I was really worried about... But then when I saw that she was behind the glass window thing, I thought, that's okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I cannot believe, first of all, I cannot believe Serena even entertained the idea. I cannot mm-hmm. believe Serena entertained it enough to bring it to Lady Putnam. Which I can't believe Lady Putnam. I mean, the probability of this actually happening was very, very slim. <laughs> Yeah, it, and they it opened. Did. It was great because they opened the next scene. It just cuts right to Lady Putnam going, yeah. "That horrid girl! You want me to let her see my child?" Which is amazing, right? Especially having just interviewed her and talking to her about that character. It was just like perfect. I right. was so happy because it was just hilarious. Um, so one arm Putnam strolls up. What's <laughs> happening? Hey. And so she and Serena's kind of laying the work. You know, she's only bringing love. She just wants to see the baby. It's the worst that could happen. Uh, Putnam's like, sure. I know that doofus. <laughs> I think God would want us to welcome her. Mm, mm. In the name that, of God, of course. I wonder course. if that's his go-to line. I think God would want us to welcome this. <laughs> right. Uh, that Lady Putnam. Cool. Not thrilled, but I did make the note that I don't know what she can even really do about it if one arm Putnam wants to go for it. Does she really have the leverage to even do anything? You got the, She kind of wilted right then. So you're just like, yeah, well, I guess they're going to let Janine see the baby. I really do feel like knowing Lady Putnam, she would have said at least one more thing like, all right, but she doesn't get to touch the baby. She just gets to see it right. through a window or see right. her through a window or something. Because having been in a situation where she saw her baby on a bridge, you would think she would at least take one more little Dig. stab yeah. at it. I don't right. know. But she didn't. So yeah, maybe the baby is just so sick and the situation is so dire that they're just like, whatever. What need to do. Yeah. All right, so then we get Janine in tow with Aunt Lydia, which is nice because it's like the old times. It's like oh, yeah. the whole gang's back together, right? We got and you know their weird yep, little relationship. Right? That's awesome. So yeah. uh, Lydia and June <laughs> give each other the stink eyes. They walk in, and Lydia's like, hmm, it's you. And uh, Lydia scolds June for even, like, telling Janine that the baby was sick. And they basically have this whole thing back and forth about how, you know, if something happens here, Lydia's like, I'm holding you accountable. And, which I get. Yep. I totally get that. And then... I said out loud, I was like, I would not want to be held responsible for Janine's actions ever, especially in this situation. It was so loaded. I had no faith in Janine, had zero faith in her. I was like, she's going to flip out. Something terrible is going to happen. I just really did not think anything about it was good or going to go well at all. Not that I don't think a mother should see her child. It's not that. It's just Janine is so unpredictable and loopy. And I will say to their credit. That this is the one episode where they flipped the script on us True. and made us think that horrible things were going to happen, only to have a fairly fantastic thing happen. Right? Yeah, no, they they totally went. Ma, watch what we do now. <laughs> they got me for sure. So they're they're crafty. Um. So yeah. Then uh, Serena leaves, giving the signal that it's go time, basically, because the neonatalist is going to show up. Yeah. And so they bring her up and uh, Sarah has very, very many feelings about this whole situation. Oh my God. Just talking about it, I'm going to choke up. So, you know, there's a situation 
in the previous episode where a baby is given up for adoption through surrogacy and like that made me a little bit sad but this like was was much more emotionally affecting to me than anything else because the neonatologist shows up she's confused she's a martha she doesn't know why she's there nobody's been talking to her and then she's changing into her doctor coat like her lab coat thing that i don't know what it's called anyway and then the the attending doctor who has been there overseeing the baby situation starts telling her about how much he admires her work and she is still processing that she's even like you get the look on her face that you think that she thinks like is this a cruel joke are they gonna like do something horrible to me like she still isn't even processing that she's being put back into her old role or really letting herself believe that she could do her job again and then she's putting on her coat and he's like, I've, I've admired your work for so long. I was your mentor or like you mentored my partner or something like that. And it was just, it choked me up so bad that she got to, first of all, that she, that she even had the opportunity. But second of all, that like she wasn't processing it because I think that's how somebody would really handle that situation. Oh, yeah. You know, they'd get in there and be like, so you want me to do what? But it's like her job. Like, right. I don't know. It was just, you know, she she trained for all those years. And, like, you know, you just can't imagine being a Martha and then being put back into your situation, you know, where she's been, like, cutting potatoes or some shit right. for years. And now she gets to do her own job again. It's just crazy. And then when she looks for confirmation at Serena, like, is this a cruel joke or am I actually going to be able to be a neo- neonatologist for a minute? Um Serena goes, no, I'm really legitimately asking you for your professional opinion. I really need your help. And you were just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then she puts on the stethoscope as no. if in, like, slow motion. And you're just <laughs> like, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe their society is so horrible in so many ways for so many other reasons. But, like, that she can't even do her own job and that she needs confirmation from a stranger to do her own job. It's just, oh. God, it was crazy for right. me. I was so upset this whole time. I just was completely choked up that, yeah, and I was so happy that, first of all, the top person in her field was a woman, mm-hmm. and especially in a considerably pre- prestigious field. I mean, all the jobs are important and all of that, but, like, a neonatologist is a pretty, right. I would think, um, crazy prestigious yeah Yeah. doctor position because they're doctors but i think there's probably tiers of Mm -hmm. doctors too as in you know and it was just crazy the whole scene just really messed with my emotions in a way that i thought the baby stuff would but really it was this thing because she's really the first really the first martha really any you know character outside of the core group that we've gotten kind of a this is what she used to do uh perspective on and so you know i mean you've heard of that stuff happening whether it's the holocaust or some other you know where a regime comes in and takes over and a person who was all of a sudden a doctor is all of a sudden not a doctor or you know yeah like shovels exactly or something and so yeah to see that played out was very heartbreaking for sure and i thought they handled it really well and the she the look on her face when she gets that stethoscope is just like oh like she's like i can't believe i get to do that because you got to think you know you're in that position you're probably thinking i'm never going to get to do this thing that I worked my ass off because I mean work, yeah, to like, do, and you got to think she was an older, like middle-aged yeah. looking woman, so you know she's, she lived decent. So she'd been doing it for a while, time, yeah, to do it. And, oh, oh, so it was a really great really scene, copy. really cool thing that they did. Definitely. Uh, so next scene, stupid Fred, Ugh. coming home, looking to do something creepy with June. <laughs> yeah, nobody's home though. 
So and he even says something creepy when he enters her room. He's like, "Oh yeah, look forget, who's here!" Or like something so <laughs> gross, and you're just like, "Fred, get out!" Fred is like the ah. uh, he's like the anti Lydia, right? Like Lydia says all these like pleasant things, and they all sound like very pleasant, like your grandma would say them. And Fred says kind of same-ish, same-ish things, and they just sound like. Gah. Get your hands away from me. Well, not only that, but when he touches June, she clearly recoils and then sort of tries to fake interest in him. It's like, right. Fred, how do you not know that you're disgusting her? She's barely faking it well. Uh, he sucks. Anyway, so he comes home. And he finds there. the music box on the rose, which we know means no good for anyone. Right. So. Especially given his history with handmaids. Yes. And... So anyway. You can tell that's his first whiff of, hmm. Something is interesting because clearly the last time he left, Serena and June were not on good terms. So for there to suddenly be this, like he knew about, I think he knew about the room being put back together because he came in and that's when all the shit went down last episode. Yeah. So that was already done. But the addition of a single white rose, which maybe he also Googled it and knew what the, uh, what the symbolism of that was. And for that to be there, he was probably like, something is amiss because these two wanted to murder each other the last time I was here. And their alliance cannot be good for him, and he knows no, that. No, that's that's even more for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like when you're uh, if you're cheating on your wife, and all of a sudden they like start teaming up against you, right? That's <laughs> yeah. bad news. Uh, so back to the hospital. The doctor comes in, tells him what the diagnosis is, which is really kind of vague, but basically that there's nothing treatable that we see. Well, no, right? the, the is scene it, is actually shot in a super cool way right. because you me. don't hear it, right? Like you see it across the window. No, no, well. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right, because that's later on when she's talking to Serena. When Serena so, yeah. confronts the doctor correct. in the stairwell, yeah. But right. we, our first interaction with whatever's wrong with this baby yeah. is from you the, watch June and Lydia and watch and Janine watching the doctor say something obviously horrible yeah. to the Putnam couple and uh, Serena Joy. And it's actually, I think it's super cool the way that was shot. And it's obviously dramatic. And you're also really freaked out because you know something's wrong. And, of course, June and uh, Aunt Lydia put it together immediately. They don't ask any questions. They just move forward with, like, should we say goodbye, stuff like that, or go with God, or Mm -hmm. whatever biblical thing uh, Lydia says. And Janine, of course, is over there like, what's going on? And you're like, Janine. And I get that. It's not that Janine is dumb. But sometimes when you're in such a heightened emotional state – you can't process things in a way that you normally would if you were even slightly detached right. from it. And Janine is anything but detached from this moment. No. And so she's freaking out, and I'm like, she's going to lose it. She's Something bad's going to happen. I just had a bad feeling. Yeah, so you're right. She does. She kind of gives them the news, and you don't get to hear it. And so Lady Putnam gets upset, and Lydia comforts Janine because she can tell she's upset. And that's very – I was like, ugh. You know, because she, you know, you know that Janine knows something's wrong and Lydia is just right. trying to play that motherly role that she kind of does with Janine. Yes, yeah, specifically with Janine for sure. Um, and then June, just out of nowhere, is like, let's go see if you want to you know, kiss the baby goodbye. And you're like, oh, right. It's like a gut punch. And Janine's like, can we do that? And June's like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, June's like, I don't know what we can do anymore. <laughs> We're, We're going to give it a shot. All right. I didn't think we'd get this far. I read stuff last week. Real words. I had a pen in my hand. Right. Wrote. We can do whatever. It's crazy. And Lydia does. This is great. And Lydia looks over like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> We're going to do what? Uh, so this is the bar where Sarita confronts the doctor. And she is like, you know, in typical Sarita fashion, you know, how dare you give up? Like, you know, 
Right. Not understanding. No nuance to Serena whatsoever. Not asking any questions. You were supposed but to fix it because I made this happen. That's another thing, right? Like, she has totally bent the rules to make this happen, and now it is ass. not, like, now it's not saving any, but potentially, you know, in, at that point in the episode, you don't think that the baby's going to make it. No. And so Serena's also got this thing, like, oh, shit, I just did this, and it didn't do anything. Right. You like, know? she was willing to take whatever was coming her way if it meant saving the baby's life, and the baby's life is not going to be saved. Right. And so the doctor's like, look, there's nothing we there's can do no other than take the, reason, yeah, no. take the baby off the life support and make her comfortable and do what it's going to do. And I was just like, nah. So, yeah. She was She was like, you were supposed to be the best in your field. And she's like, like, I was the best. <laughs> I know. I, I like, loved Mark. her response. This neonatologist <laughs> is killing me. I love this, Martha, yeah, or was, whatever. And she was just like, I was. And you're like, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so then we uh, get Lady Putnam walks in holding the baby. Janine walks in, and Mr. Putnam gets up and lets her sit. I so was floored by this. Kudos to one Putnam, who kind of has this look on his face like, I'm going to play this as straight as possible and not make any sudden moves and be as nice <laughs> to everyone as humanly possible because now, again, my, uh, my girlfriend and my wife are here at the same time. <laughs> so... Um, I get it. It's cool. Everybody's going to be cool, right? Yeah. Cool? We're all cool. Um, so he lets her yeah, sit. Janine, I love this part where Janine takes off the mask and the gloves to like actually make contact with the baby. And it was just like, bah. and then Lydia does the same thing yeah. and like starts crying. Oh, oh. broke me. It this was one horrible. broke me. Like, I think this is the actual first episode where I actually legitimately cried. I think this is the one. I'm trying really? to remember back. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think. Yeah. Because this whole well, this one the made whole me baby cry thing too, was just like, but not the baby yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was the doctor <laughs> was stuff, the doctor. and I have no connection to doctor. I mean, I have great doctors, right? But I, I'm not one. I don't know. It just really got me. And I did make a note of just from a symbolism standpoint that everyone's taking off their mask, if oh. you, if you will, mm-hmm. and and the gloves. Right. Oh, nice. <laughs> well done. Uh, so then June and Serena go back to the house, and they thank each other. Yeah, which is interesting. Um. And then it Nick, needed to happen. Yeah. Uh, and Nick says the commander wants to see them both in his office. Yeah. And once again, we bo- everybody knows bad news, Brown. This is not good. Uh, Serena is going to handle it, she says. No, she's not. I said the music says otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Because the music was like, things are not about to get handled. No. Warning. Warning. Well, not on her end. He's going to handle things for sure. All right. So stupid Fred is in his stupid chair looking all smug was the note I made. Yes. Um, he is upset with Serena because he's finally put it all together and that she was forging all these orders and that she forged the order for the doctor to come in. He is not having it. And as soon as I saw the way this scene was lit. and Really? The, oh, I knew it. The moment, there was some moment that like he turned and there was a certain camera angle they did that I was like, oh shit, the belt scene's about to happen. Because there is this random scene in the trailer where he's beating someone with the belt and uh. they don't show who it is, obviously, to tease it. And we were like, who the hell is he beating with the belt? And I remember talking to Tiana about it, and she's like, there's no way that's Serena. Serena never let that happen. And so as soon as this uh, happened, I was like, I could just tell by the way it was shot. It was the same, like, look. And I was like, oh, no, the belt scene is coming. And sure enough, uh, he goes, and, you know, like they do, like, like they use the Bible. A well-marked Bible, by the way, I will yeah, say. Yeah, I saw the tabs. Lots of tabs. Lots of uh, like, post-its and little tabs in there. Just made him look crazier. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not saying that devout people are crazy. Just in that scenario, in that. Well, given what they do with the right knowledge, the way have. he's twisting it right. and everything. Uh, so Fred 
asked Jude if it's her handwriting and uh, said that it wasn't their fault. Uh, that the, he gave them too much responsibility. And then he slings the Bible verse at Serena about confessing their sins. And Serena knows what's up, like, pretty much right away. Yeah. Like, where this, you know, verse is going. And she can't even believe that he's about to do it. Especially after everything that she had done for him. Mm-hmm. I would feel the same way anybody would. Right. It was just... He barely cared that she had carried out all that work for him. I mean, it was just like, yeah, thanks, bye. When she got home, when he got home, and then this. It was just... It was brutal. And so he does it with... And, you know, she even does like a, please, Fred. Like, yeah, she even please kind of don't like, do it. Which is very not really like her, you know. To but like, it was almost incredulous. Like, she was almost like, is this really happening? Are you really right. about to do this? Or maybe that was just in my head. I don't know. It could have been something in her tone. And I don't so know. so he does. He whips her with the belt in front of June because June turns around and he's like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. So, yeah, he's going full <sighs> full in on all this. Um, and it's just, like, brutal. It's just, yeah. It's awful. And they don't shy away from it again. No. Which I guess we need to see. But, you know, that's one of those things. It's just like, oh, my God. And it's not over nearly as quick as you want it to be. Right. Also, yeah, I was going to say, and I think – it was like the whole thing we mm-hmm. watched. All right. So now back to the Nick cave. Uh, Eden straightening and she found the letters. Yeah. Oops. That's fine. Um, so I was very confused about the letters because I don't remember June giving him the letters. She didn't. But remember one when she was in her crazy spell. Do you remember that time? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. She was one night at the sink and she was burning them in the sink, like open flame in the sink. And he comes up to her and he's like, what are you doing? She said, I'm not supposed to have those. Right. And then she just walks away. Like, gotcha. just leaves the room. And then he gathers up the letters after she leaves. Mm-hmm. So those are those. See, I was thinking it was maybe like the stuff from like his past, like his brother. Because he had his brother who was like all. I, I got the impression that it was the mm. handmade letters that he okay. saved for for June when she was in that mental state where she wasn't. So Eden totally read those. Yeah, she super read them. But then I thought maybe for one second, again, I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm like, maybe she can't read. Ooh, interesting. Maybe they never taught her to read because why? That's an interesting thought. I, I think had she not did. thought about that. Well, I, I 100% think she did read them. Because she's 15. But. We also still don't know the timeline of how long this really has all been going on. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I've been guessing. but I've, And so we don't know different. if she was of reading age, I guess we'll say. Like mm. when that all went down and she's been. Yeah, I, I assume she knows how to read and also she read them. But I can't understand why they would teach her to read if she was... But maybe she's 15 and maybe it's only been like five or six years. Right, that's what I'm and saying. And by nine, you already yeah. know how to read, obviously. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting know. thought. I had not thought about that at all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, she found them and clearly read them and he gets in her face about it. And yeah, he does. He's a little... He's yeah. very incredulous about this. Well, to he To the point of like, be. I was like, whoa. Yeah, but he was making no efforts to get her on his side, which I think that she, he could have done, and he didn't. I think Nick does not make no. the right choices all the time, so this I think that being his initial reaction, because Nick goes off of emotion quite a bit. He um, has no long game. Like, <laughs> you know? Again, the men not seeing the bigger picture. Oh. So, yeah, and I was, yeah, so I asked, what are these letters? But, okay, that makes sense, that they were probably the ones that she threw in the sink and set on fire. Um, which is interesting that he still has them. Yeah, he loves her. Remember? Yeah. No. He loves her. All right, so now we get this awful scene of Serena in her room after yeah. Fred has done his thing. 
I know. And she looks herself in the mirror and she takes off her clothes and she looks at what he's done, which I will say, as awful it was, they didn't Look overdo it. It didn't, yeah, yeah it wasn't like she gruesome. took it off and it was like gruesome. It was definitely bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it could have been, I don't know, it doesn't matter how bad it could have been, but it was awful nonetheless. And June's outside the door kind of asking if she needs anything, still kind of trying to keep that relationship that they've developed and i think like sincerely yeah like have developed over each other and serena this is great because she's like trying to swallow her emotions and she's trying not to let june feel that she is so upset that she does legitimately need someone to come and comfort her because she can't have that and she knows that she can't have that and so she cuts it off right she like basically swallows this sob of hers and tells june to go to her room which Ugh. she this is like the best Yvonne Strahovski, this whole thing here, the last say, two episodes have just been off. like on fire. And this She's this in particular it. was just like, it oh. wasn't overdone. It wasn't like so dramatic that you were like, okay, Serena. It was just, that is legitimately exactly how. what you would picture yes. yeah, Serena doing and so well. Because <laughs> I put crying, all the crying. And it was just like, you well, were just like heartbroken. And we've all been in situations where we've had to fight it back. And you know how hard it is. And so watching her do it, you almost are just like, oh, my God, it's so hard. I want to stop feeling feelings for you. She's doing it. <laughs> oh. uh, so June walks back and she gives this line, which is interesting. She says this. Uh, someone once said, and FYI, the someone is Margaret Atwood. Oh, okay. uh, men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid that men will kill them. Yeah. Which is a fantastic line. And I, as soon as she started saying that, I was like, oh, I know that line. Because I heard Marty and I would talk about it before. Um, and I don't know if that, I don't think it's from a book. I could be wrong about that, but I, I've just seen her talk about it in a couple of interviews, um, just in, talking about this book. And so I was like, oh, they're referencing Margaret. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, June apologizes to Fred and asks if he can forgive her. Fred tells her to go to bed for the sake of the baby. Which like, is, he gives a shit about that so baby. So Fred is dearly feeling a little scorned. Like, we don't care what stupid right. Fred's feeling. So. We get it. This ending scene, which is interesting. Yeah. Which is Fred putting on his own record, which up to this point, I haven't seen anybody put on a record until the last three episodes. No. Much like I haven't seen anybody smoke until this season. But I'm going to let it go because that's just fine. And maybe I didn't need to know about the music playing in the house. Well, maybe in the f- at first when the turnover happened, they were all very strict about the rules. Like, no music, no smoking. This is really happening. We're going to do this society. We're going to do it right. Now a few years have gone by. Some shit's gone down. Right. And they're like... I'm gonna smoke a cigarette now. And maybe Fred's like, some... it was in the house when we got it. <laughs> when we picked From this the one, previous owners that actually own this house. When we were on the show and we picked this one, it was just here. I did it. I did it. Do it. It wasn't me. Because uh, yeah, yeah, I did also look up because I was trying to figure out because in the book, for those who haven't read the book, I'm not doing a spoiler alert for the show. This is really just in the book. Fred gets swept up in the purge. Mm-hmm. Later on, they find out in the, like the epilogue part where they're talking about things that happen to the people in the story. And so one of the things that he gets swept up for is for having contraband, which is all this stuff, the records, the books, the everything. And so it's interesting that all this is kind of being shown at this point. And so mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that it's not leading to something like that, especially given that, you know, Cushing and Price uh, prior to him were both really gunning for Fred as somebody that needs to not be... In, the upper workings of Gilead and isn't really playing by the rules. So it's interesting that they keep throwing these little things in our face, you know, yeah. so we'll see. 
so he puts on this song and it's it's rain sometimes and i'm not sure the artist is not the original artist but it's a really good song um it gets all warped and slow and like june is they get the shot of june sliding down the door yeah and is crying and it was awful because it like slows down to this bizarre like yeah. slow-mo thing and you're like Bleh. so yeah and so it opens and the putnam's and janine they kind of do this sweeping shot of the putnam's crashed out and right. lydia crashed out and you hear janine singing and it's i only want to be with you yes. by dusty springfield and you're like this is not the thing you would sing if a child was dead no. but Janine's knowing janine <laughs> which is also a brilliant move on their part you're like please don't go over to this shot and have janine holding the dead baby singing i only want to be with you please 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 have a line in the sand where we don't show that right and so you get over there and they're totally setting you up for that right there it's, it's how he did it he did it congratulations bruce he did it he made me think oh we're going to turn this corner of this angle and on this shot and it's going to be a dead baby it's going to be horrible and then everybody's going to freak out because you know we had a 15 year old sex scene we had right. you know creepy guy trying to have sex with the pregnant handmaid again there's i was just like okay like, and then terrible. it's not it's happy no. baby angela charlotte and janine is singing to her and nobody has anything, you know, nobody has any, like, gown on. The baby is, like, happy, healthy, and for now, at least. Like rosy cheeks. And you're like, what? You almost, like, don't believe it. You're like, what? And it's, it's, it's a gorgeous scene, too. She's sitting in a window in her underwear, but not, like, right. weirdly. And, like, so it's very intimate in that yeah. way. And the baby's just in a diaper. And, like. And the baby's happy. Yeah. The baby is, like, cooing practically. And she's she's so happy. And you're just like. Oh my god! Like, it was more shocking than anything it else. Was. My husband totally called it. Actually, um, in the scene previous, he's like, the "Baby's gonna be fine. She's gonna bring that baby back to life." And I was like, "That's not the show we're watching. <laughs> it's not." I was like, "It's not the show." And and if I was going to have it happen at any time, have it be now, <laughs> right? You know. Um, oh my gosh! And it was such a cute song right? too. And then it went to the credits, and then the credits and were she just, just her singing, singing oh, the whole song. And it was so great. That's why. That's probably partially why I didn't turn off the credits because I just had to hear Janine singing, singing not because time. she has a good or bad voice, no, but, but because it's just this beautiful little thing that happens sometimes between a mother and a child, and it's just or a father and child, any caregiver and a child. But like you're singing to a child, it was like, oh my god, right. It's just, it was crazy. And it was a cute song. Right. It was beautiful. The whole thing was just awesome. It was so well done. And Madeline Brewer, like that whole episode was just, and especially in that moment, like just kills you. It just kills you. I and know. like the fact that they did do the credits where she just keeps singing, you're just like, oh, I know. oh so congratulations for <laughs> like totally like throwing us off. I mean, Sarah, both here trying not to cry. I know. Um, I was going to say. It is. It was crazy. Which only means, in my cynical view of this show, they're only gonna... something terrible is about to I know, I was going to say, but I'm trying to have the moment while it lasts because it was just, I was just staring in awe at it. <laughs> I mean, and then, oh, oh, but we forgot to mention, um, then Aunt Lydia oh, wakes yes. up and sees it and you're, you're waiting for the whole scene to come together, right? Like Aunt Lydia sees it, you're waiting for the Putnams to wake up and see it, right. you're waiting for people to find out that this was the outcome and what, what this means for right. Gilead and like separating mothers from their children and because that's what their common practice mm -hmm. is and you're just like, what are the implications of this? And it ends it right at Lydia and Lydia is like... Gushing. She's like overwhelmed. Yeah, like yeah. she can't even handle what's happening but you can tell that she's just overflowing with love and emotion 
And then we, that's it. Like we don't find out what the Putnams think or like anybody else. And it was just, oh my God, it was crazy because you think. That's how it should be. Well, yeah. And like, (laughs) what, what are the implications of this? Because the doctor had said to Serena, there is no reason that this baby is dying. There is no medical reason. She even lists like all the things like metabolic, this, Mm -hmm. that, this, there's absolutely no explainable reason. And I am the top person in my field telling you this. And we have all the technologies. No reason. And then Janine saves the baby. It's just, it throws a wrench in everything that their society is built on because their society is built on taking mothers away from their babies almost immediately. And that is their common practice. And so where do you go from here? Well, and I think you, I think there's a couple interesting things they did with the overarching plots of both these seven and eight. So one, I think it was an interesting thing that they showed about what happens when a large group of men take on a task mm-hmm. and the way they go about it, even if you're just boiling that down, not to the whole Gilead society, but even if you just boil it down to the way they handled the explosion mm-hmm. and you see Cushing being taken over as security and you see that their approach was just scorched earth, kill as many people as we can to set a tone and make that and then they they offshoot that with june and serena having this alliance to do these things that turn out better for everyone to make things better and then that carries over into this episode where it's serena and june and lydia and then put lady putnam kind of all cause this and with the female neonatologist so it's this other group of women that have also made this whole thing happen, not in the way that the men intended. And so it was a very interesting dichotomy there of how, like it almost spoke to like a hyper-masculinity thing, which is a big thing to talk about these days, of when, you know, there's too much of this masculine thing going on that we're killing people in the streets under the guise of security and feeling better. And then you see this group of women band together and they really kind of come in and solve these problems in a totally different way yeah well yeah and they're you know how they yeah well because sometimes women can be more intuitive you know because we have we just are (laughs) uh and so a part of this wasn't like it wasn't a it was all intuition like it was like not necessarily that June would know that Janine would save the baby I mean nobody knew that that was going to happen but there's there's a part of life that we can't explain, right? right? There are certain things that happen that no one can explain, uh, no matter their qualifications, because we brought in the best, right. and she didn't know. And you can assume that she was the best and, and mm-hmm. couldn't figure it out, as, and then no one could. I mean, that was kind of her role. And so when there's an imbalance, like in a patriarchy, um, when things are out of balance no no one benefits like it's almost bad for everyone even though it seems like it benefits a certain party inadvertently it doesn't benefit them either they just think it does in that moment and then here we've got this situation where somebody was able to do something intuitively or like follow their heart or their guts or whatever and only good came of it but nobody else in this society is doing that, and that's why everything is so painful and right. why things aren't working. And yes. So it's just there's this other level of kind of the mystical, not mystical, but like the side of, of women that, again, when things are out of balance and women aren't mm-hmm. able to make decisions and do things and they have to go behind people's backs and kind of 
this wonky situation that Serena had to handle and then June had to kind of grease the situation too um where if people aren't allowed to like use their the gifts that they have everyone suffers when you completely segment society off into these assumed you know roles that and I would think they w- it would be the other way, too. Like, I'm kind of about balance. Like, even if women were taking over everything and women had all the control sure. and the power, if it was the, the other way around, I think also people would suffer as well. Like, that balance is so crucial. A- and, again, for, for different reasons in different ways. And I don't mean, like, couples. Like, couples no. should be men and women. I just mean, like... Men and women working in together. In power roles yeah. and ways decisions are made in certain situations and stuff like that, there should, there should be a... a balance because when it gets out of balance really i do think both sides suffer even if it clearly seems to benefit a side it doesn't yeah i think that overall also speaks to the present of the division politically i think with people and one side you know always thinking that as long as we're in control it benefits us and we really know what's going on and i think they are really hammering that home you're missing the point if that's what you think it's about for sure so it was kind of cool that the craziest one <laughs> right. got to solve a problem, too. Yes. <laughs> Not crazy, but seemingly unstable, like mm-hmm. the most loopy one <laughs> gets to come in and be like, none of you could have done this shit, and the baby's alive. And it makes me wonder, okay, so originally they were just going to kill Janine, right? Like, well, I mean, yes. the colonies means you are dying now. That's right, what you're, but they you're tried to kill her to before by stoning her. Right, right. And so that also, if nothing else, because, you know, I don't think Gilead's all of a sudden going to be like, you know what? mothers should be with their children you know i don't think that's the conclusion that will be drawn but maybe mothers of children won't be killed mm. maybe they could be in some non-dying role just in case well for lack of a better term yeah just in case maybe not something good i'm not saying they're all going to be like happy and live together and like hang out but maybe they'll be in a role that won't be a guaranteed death in case in case some- they need them for this kind of situation yeah yeah, which isn't the ideal way to think about what you would get out of this, but you know, had they killed Janine, you know, dead, know. yeah, mm-hmm. just things to think about. Right. I just can't believe that. Happened. So once again, fantastic episode that so to- totally flipped it on its head. So good. And I think we needed that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was time. It was time. <laughs> it was time. I couldn't handle a yes. dead baby, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for yeah, episode eight. I have no idea where this is gonna go now. This is another one where they ended it with like. I don't know where we go from here. I think maybe we're going to get up to Canada. Yeah. Fred, I think cool. that's Fred's next step is to take off for the Canadian adventure. Whatever and I that think it's due time. We yes. need to give Canada some maritime. We, we do. need to see what's going we on do. over there. We do. So that'll be interesting to see what occurs when the commander and his entourage are in Canada. Uh, whatever. I need to watch the trailer again. Are there any parts of the trailer that haven't happened yet? Yes, there are a couple just coming to mind um, that one is Moira and Luke outside of what looks like a limo or a car protesting, which you kind of thought that that's where they end up in Canada, that kind of give you a clue as to someone from Gilead making a visit to Canada. Mm -hmm. So that 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 hasn't happened yet that we've seen. I'm trying to think off anything else off the top of my head. Oh, the, the drowning scene where they're like got two people in a pool. And they have like weights around their oh yes waists and they're uh, yeah they haven't done that yet. Uh, I'm trying Old to think of what else. Style. Yeah, I think that's that's the ones I can think of off the top of my head. So 
Okay. We shall see. There's it's 10 episodes total, right? 13 this year. 13. 13. Woo! So plenty more story to flush out. So all, right. all in good time. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you for the next one. Bye.